0: what's up jfw family welcome back to the channel 23 podcast the purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet to engage and inform everyone of all things jfw welcome back guys
1: good morning everyone great
2: to be back howdy
0: And we also got yeah we got mikey here with us today big scary mikey's in the studio
1: <laughs> welcome mikey <laughs> thanks for
3: having me
0: <clears throat> thanks for being here so um It's been brought to our attention, we need a disclaimer, so anything you hear on this podcast is not the opinion of JFW, it's just the opinion of five guys that work here.
1: (laughs) So it's expressed. It's an
0: expressed opinion. Did I say that right, Brother Dave? Sure. (laughs) Awesome. Big news, before we go any further, Rich Brown is off his breathing tube. That's,
1: That's great. That's huge. Go Rich. Yeah, way to go, Rich. And I think, Jam, there was an update last night that they put him in rehab, and he's up and walking, and he's got his phone with him.
0: Yeah, and talking to Josh, uh, Josh had to take the day off because I think he's actually going home, like, quick.
1: Wow, that
2: is outstanding. Good for Rich. Send some shout-outs to him, everybody. Send some texts and love.
0: Uh, Just recapping, uh, last week, episode 16, we now have 105 followers And we have over 4,000 downloads. All right. Yeah. Our, Our count is down per episode. We were 250 listens in the first week, and we're back down to about 175. I don't know if it's just the holidays and then the snow. Just guys aren't driving around as much, but we need to get those numbers back up, guys.
1: Hey, if you're one of the listeners, pass the word. We have a lot of good information on here, so... If you are listening, pass the word, please.
0: Ricky DeLeon had some good feedback, and he said when he was on nights, he would see our guys during the day. Like if he went to King Supers to get something at the grocery store, and you know, last week we really pounded speeding again, and he was like, you know, I would see our guys speeding, and I'm really proud to work at JFW, but that's nothing to be proud of.
2: Yeah, everyone knows my feelings <laughs> on the speed, Jam. It's a, it's a daily battle. I mean, one of our safety topics this, this. Today's episode is talking about staying in the left lane up Highway 85, so here we we go.
0: Yep, can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Uh, It's time for the Dad Joke Challenge.
2: Man, where's that smooth segue you always roll into, Jam? You're you're off your mark today.
0: I'm I'm a little off today, but I will tell you it's because my uh, grief counselor died last week, but she's so good I don't care.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Man, oh. I even set him up for that. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's crazy. Well, would you guys like to hear a joke about a roof? Sure. First one's on the house. Mm. Oh, <laughs> <Ba-da-ba-ba>. <laughs> I do have one to back that up, though. Let's hear it. Uh, where should you go in the room if you're feeling cold? <sighs> By the heater. Usually the corner. It's usually 90 degrees. <laughs> <Ooh>. oh. <laughs> oh, man.
2: Okay. Man. I came so unprepared today, Mikey spit one out just in conversation, so I stole it. uh, What does the drummer call his kids? A one and a
3: two.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You actually did that pretty good. Mikey, we're got, we're gonna let you go because Super Dave, he's gonna bring the noise. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, you just you, we should all just give up now and just let Dave do the joke every week. All right. So, why do cows wear bells? Huh. their horns don't work. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, you, you better, better get that. bring some heat, Dave. That was a you, pretty good one.
0: You get that one from Olivia?
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, there's a couple things that I love in life, and one of them is Star Wars. Love Star Wars. Um, And a good steak dinner. But do you know why Han Solo didn't enjoy his steak dinner? Why? It was too chewy. It was chewy.
3: (laughs) I finally got one,
4: Dave! That's awesome.
0: I didn't want to tell, this isn't a dad joke, but I did want to tell a little story about a crocodile farm. Uh, There was a bunch of tourists that went down there, and the owner, he launched a daring proposal and said, whoever dares to jump, swim to shore, and survive, I will give $1 million. So nobody dared to move, and then suddenly, a man jumped into the water and desperately swam towards the shore while he was being chased by the crocodiles. With great luck, he arrived, taking the admiration of everyone in the place, and the owner announced, we have a brave winner. After collecting their reward, the couple returned to the hotel. Upon arrival, the manager told him he was very brave to jump, and the man said, I didn't jump, somebody pushed me. <laughs> and his wife smiled. <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of the story is behind every successful man, there's a woman who pushes him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, Yeah.
0: New drivers this week, we got Willie Losa. He actually started last week, so welcome to the JFW family, Willie.
1: Yeah, welcome, Willie. Hope you're listening, buddy.
0: And then celebrations for birthday. This past Sunday was Leroy Powell Jr.'s birthday. Happy birthday, Leroy. And then Friday, the 18th, coming up, Potter.
1: Uh, happy birthday, guys. Yeah, happy birthday, everybody.
0: Anniversaries yesterday was Linda's 11-year anniversary.
1: Well, Linda. There you go, Linda. Good job, years. Linda.
0: I have to see some of the shirts are on back order again, but I have to get Linda her shirt. So Awesome.
4: I'll tell you, what isn't
2: on backorder Man, these it's, days? I'll it's, tell you.
0: It's rough out there.
2: Too bad we can't get those shirts on Amazon. There's nothing right. on order on Amazon, Dave. It's Amazon. Yeah.
4: Actually, there is. My wife <laughs> likes this Celestial Seasonings, uh, like tea? Tropical Fruit, uh, Cold Brew Tea. Hmm. Yeah. And they, you could get it from a third-party seller for like $77 for six boxes. Wow. And it's usually $20, $26 for six boxes. Yeah, it's on back order. This wow. Is,
1: this is kind of way off the subject, Dave, but uh, Danielle, my oldest daughter, was showing me that part of Amazon's success too is they have an app that they give to people. You, you download the app, you go to other stores, and the app tells you that this is a good purchase. Uh, it's lower than what Amazon would be selling it. So you buy it. And then you ship, print a label, and you ship it to Amazon, and Amazon resells it, and you get the profit, and that helps Amazon stay stocked on all their items. Holy <laughs> totally wow. cow. Right? Right? Wow. And you make money at it?
0: That's where because I just started using Microsoft Edge at home, and actually here as well.
1: I, I wanted to try that, Jim. Yeah,
0: and what's cool is when you're, when you're shopping on Amazon, Microsoft Edge will be like, hey, it was cheaper here. Use this coupon. And then you apply the coupon, it'll automatically do it to your Amazon purchase, and it's even cheaper right on the right on the spot. So wow. I thought that was pretty nifty. Yeah. yeah,
1: getting it figured out, aren't they? Yep.
0: Shout outs, we got... Uh, actually, Dave, this was your shout out, but I've already started saying it. Chris Bean found a core scale, 1,800 pounds heavy. You want to talk about that, Dave? I know you are pretty excited about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chris is just a rock star when it comes to weights and knowing his gauges and how they function and... It's it's just a testament to his his abilities and the things we ask that we talk about. We've given him tools and he actually uses them. We have so many people that we've given the same exact tools to that, oh, I don't use my gauges or I, I haven't calibrated them. Or, you, there's always an excuse that comes with it. When you ask Chris, he knows instantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, every load, he knows exactly what his weights are and it, it takes one minute to check your your axles and just and uh adjust those scale gauges you know and we don't have those specific gauges that chris has on every truck but we probably have them on 70 trucks at least or more and i just i'm so proud of chris i mean i just i mean i wouldn't think twice about sending chris to a dirt job and having him go right through the port it would never be a thought. I would never even have to call Chris and go, uh, Chris, you're going through the port. you got to check your gauges. Do you know where they're at? Right. I would never, ever have to have that conversation. Uh, and he's one of the few. He's you smart. Know, you he, know what I mean? Just he, so proud of that guy.
0: He's a guy I wouldn't bet a cheeseburger on anything because I'd probably lose.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. Agreed. So thank you, Chris. You're a rock star, man. Preach those gauges to everyone like we do.
1: It's, it, you know how well they work and how easy they function. Yeah, and then on top of it, too, Dave, Chris called us or called dispatch, tried to get a hold of him to pass the information on. Right. You know, he was proactive with everybody, his teammates and everything. So, yeah, yeah, good job, Chris. Super, superstar, man.
0: We also want to give a shout-out to Ron Bugler's fiancée, Kiana, because she listens to the podcast as well. Last week, she heard uh, Super Dave's high road hauler about the 5 to 1 ratio, about five good things to the one negative thing in a relationship and she got all ju- hyped up and was like oh i can't believe they're talking about that but i just get really happy when i hear other people listen to the podcast you know somebody's wife or fiance or buddy or driver that doesn't work here and stuff like that so thanks kiana
1: yeah good morning kiana hey and then i wanted to throw one out for uh, randy i i don't remember if we've talked about it or not you guys uh a lot of people know randy from when he was driving with you guys and then you know obviously he's dispatching and stuff but he's been uh after getting his knees done for quite a few months or the past year here and he was able to get an appointment and that's where he's off at right now if you don't hear him in dispatch is he got one knee done already and uh if you've ever kind of paid attention to to Randy, he's a little bow-legged, and he, and he <laughs> sent us a picture, and that, that new knee is as straight as an arrow, so he's, uh, he's recovering, doing well, and I think he'll be back with us in a few weeks, and then a couple more weeks, and then he's going to get the other one done. Yep. So One uh, down, one to go. Yep, yep. Good, good luck, Randy, we miss you, man.
0: He got one straight leg and one bow leg. <laughs>
1: there has to be a dad joke in that or something, right? One, a pirate or <laughs> something. A There's bit. a dad joke
4: in which knee, that's for sure,
2: but I don't know that I can go there.
4: Yeah, uh, we, we thought he limped bad before. Now he's really going to limp because that one leg is three inches longer than the right? other one, Right, right.
0: <laughs> Time
2: will tell. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out also to uh, Potter. Uh, I don't know whether everybody knows this, but he's taken over all of the snow crew delegations. He's over all the yards as far as organizing it. And working with everyone and I mean he's just done an outstanding job for us he's just completely taken it off of Jim and I's and Super Dave's plate and I mean there was there's always been a handful of us dabbling in it trying to get night guys and day guys and this equipment and that equipment and Potter's just taken it all over and you know on on our end he's done a great job I've heard a lot of good feedback from a lot of people working with him and In the text group there it just seems like it's it's going really well so much appreciative that good job Potter
0: yeah I've asked some of his uh, I don't know co-workers or teammates on the snow crew I was doing and all the feedback I get he's doing a really good job
1: yeah that's outstanding yeah Yeah, thanks Potter and thanks to the snow crew guys you know we've had some pretty good storms in the last couple weeks here and you guys are doing an outstanding job be safe be slow (laughs) <laughs> yeah and be careful
4: yep there's a lot of moving parts to that snow removal we used to just have one yard and one shift you know day shift 5 a.m to 5 p.m and now yeah. there's daytime nighttime you know the plows the equipment the four or five different yards that we go to it, it's a lot of information a lot of stuff going on
2: yeah this yard that yard this yeah. contact another kind to contact, do this here but people but that,
4: not over there and yeah gotta spray this and
2: saying right. that yeah. And yeah not spray here and yeah you know, Yeah, lots of stuff so
0: Mikey you got some shout outs
3: yeah I just give a shout out to Veronica she got herself in a situation last week and best thing she did was stop Um, when you guys get in those situations where things are going bad best thing you can do is stop don't try to come up with a resolution on your own just so nobody knows about it and best thing you do is get a hold of somebody and as a group come up with a resolution to come up with our problem and then i'd like to give a shout out to our mechanics um some of those guys are here late in the nights. sometimes they're here till four in the morning five in the morning making sure you guys are good to go so um a lot of extra effort on their part instead of just letting it go out broke
0: yeah those guys are great i've i've said good night to john and then come back and say good morning to him in the morning I'm, i know that's a long day for them
4: Yeah, I'd like to jump in here real quick about Veronica because she got stuck in the mud on a job site, right? And it is mud season. I mean, we're getting snow tonight. Um, It's cold, so the it's not evaporating and drying out. So everywhere we're going to go is muddy, and the trucks are going to sink. And you got to be careful about where you're going. Stay on the road um, and she didn't get the truck a lot of times the driver will try to get out of the mud and they make it way worse yeah Yeah. or break something right yeah and she just stopped
2: so it was great just like mike said yes stop yeah call in for some advice see where we're at take pictures whatever you need to do jim and i were just we delivered a vehicle yesterday somewhere and uh, we're right there off sixth avenue and two and a quarter and there was one of the like an f700 ford tow truck that size you know a a medium duty class tow truck flatbed and all he did was get his steer tire and two left duels off the shoulder of the off-ramp and sunk clean out of sight they they, he was stuck there was no it was down on the on the rear diff mount for the shock on the left side and he wasn't 12 inches off of the off of the road and i mean it was in a spot where i looked and i'm like I would have pulled off over there. You know what I mean? So that's, uh, that's how much moisture we've had yeah. recently in these areas. They're, we've been so dry for so long, there's almost no base. No moisture has made it in the ground. So it's just mud so many places. So yeah, yeah good job, Veronica, stopping. We and talk
1: about that all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Shout out to Thanks. Alonzo for getting muddy.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah he was he was riding with her and, and mike even said he got out what do, what do you want me to help with what do you want me yeah. to do what what can i do so yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely he, a shout out tell
4: you what we need to get him his cdl
1: <laughs> yeah. i think he's working on it isn't yeah. he dave or didn't i thought he's veronica say thought he's about go to school he? yeah yeah ah, good Yeah, good for him that yeah. is awesome yeah.
0: alonzo it sounds like you got a job waiting for you, if you <laughs> yeah. get to get a cdl i mean we may be able to pull some strings Absolutely. Just talking to Ray Davis, 0012, the other day. He, uh, he was driving down the road, and there was some CB chatter. And uh, maybe wasn't the most polite. And one of the drivers said to the guy that was talking stuff on the radio, Hey, that's Ray. You may want to stop. He'll kick your ass. <laughs> Funny enough, but Ray's a little, I don't want to use offended by it, but he's like, you know, that's not who I am. You know, I want these guys to get to know me, and uh, I want to get to know them. And after last week's podcast, he's promised to uh, try to get to know people a little bit more. And then with that, I got an email from Joanne last night. Apparently, Ray talked to Joanne about it as well. And she said, Sean Ray Davis came up to me afterwards and said that now he's trying to be more engaged with the new hires and all employees letting them know that he is there for anyone that might need it. And then she said, uh, can I suggest challenge for the guys to meet or talk to a new driver or a veteran once a week or once a month and let them know that they are here if they need anything. Share a hobby of theirs or ask them a question about work, their trucks, JFW, how to back up, or, you know, et cetera. So I think it's a great idea if we all could just kind of make that commitment to say hello to somebody you don't know. You know yeah, get to know absolutely. somebody and yeah. you know maybe the guy that you look at and you think like yeah I, that's i don't want to talk to him maybe maybe that's the guy you need to talk to and maybe he wants to hear from you not to mention i mean if you want to get deeper you never know what somebody might be going through and you just saying hello to them that day may, may change their day yeah, completely. I,
4: and I, I hear that a lot and they come to me because they know i'm the guy you know that's right and everybody on board and everything they say, I don't know that guy. There's so many new faces. I'm like, "Well, yeah, we've grown by 20 trucks just in the last year." And and then I say to them, "You have to go up and introduce yourself. You're you're the veteran here. They're the new guy. They're the ones that are a little bit, you know, scared because they've just come on board with all these, you know, big red trucks and these drivers that know what they're doing." So Anybody that's been here for a while, get out of your shell. Go out and uh, introduce yourself to some of these new guys and make them feel welcome.
2: Absolutely. Isn't that funny, Dave? Because they were new once. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Every everybody started here. The, everybody had a first day here, right? A first week, a first month, and they didn't know anybody, right? So, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's hard. What? Why is that different? I mean, shouldn't that motivate you to introduce yourself to that new guy? Right. You know, we talk about that story all the time. Pat was standing out at the fuel island the one day, and uh, I don't know, had had a interaction with a driver that was getting fuel and. The guy looked at him and said, "Who are you?" And Pat was like, "I'm Pat." He reached out and shook his hand. And said, "I've worked here for quite a while. I can help you out with some stuff." And you know, it 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 changed the guy's attitude about it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's good stuff, you know. And and back to Ray, isn't that the old saying? Don't judge a book by its cover, right? You know, if I don't want to talk to someone because they're wearing a, I don't know, making it up, a Tampa Bay hat, right? right. I, I can't judge the book by the cover. So they're. They like tampa bay and i don't or something you this know what is I mean? bronco's country day <laughs> <laughs> i'm just making the you know a, a, an analogy you, you can't just judge
1: a book by its cover absolutely right? not
0: and i mean looking at ray i don't know why anybody would be intimidated
1: anyway yeah especially with some of the makeup he has on <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking ray yeah. hey buddy I, i've been enjoying you walking in the office last week and I, you did it this morning and and telling everybody it's gonna be a good day and all your positive vibes, so thanks, man. Yep. And and then I wanted to make a comment about the CBs, not to get off the the good stuff about Ray, but you know that CB also is, is faceless. You can say whatever you want on that CB and most people don't know what or who said it or where you're at and that kind of stuff. They may not recognize your voice. And you know, we've tried to change ourselves also and, and be better and we talk about that because We know there's some crappy things still being said on the CB, but try to treat that CB as the same way as riding an elevator. If you wouldn't say it out out, your outside voice on an elevator, don't say it on the CB, so. That's just face to face.
2: If you wouldn't say it to their face, don't say it behind their back. Right. Don't don't say it sitting in the cab by yourself with a little thing in your hand, right?
0: People lose their minds. Yeah. And
2: cars in the CB,
0: yeah. so That's
2: right. Would you fart on an <laughs> elevator? Yep. Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: Only if I'm getting off. <laughs> <laughs> right before you walk out the door. Oh, that's my floor. <laughs> it that's wasn't, sad. but it is now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like three floors short. Uh, uh, that's
1: terrible.
0: All right, so I'm super excited to have Mikey on the podcast today. Mikey's been at JFW for 15 years. So, I mean, we always talk about these old-timers, but Mikey's seen a lot, done a lot. He's a husband, a grandpa, a hunter. What else do you like to do in your time off, Mikey?
3: I like to fix things, work on my cars. I'm currently building a hair salon out of a vintage camper for my wife.
4: That's awesome. So, yeah.
3: Just work on things. Yep.
4: and I'd like to throw it out there that you do work on Fords, because you helped me do a clutch on my Ford F-150 <laughs> years ago.
3: <laughs> Not willingly. <laughs> Mike wait a isn't, minute, isn't that one of your hot rods? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a Chevy in it. Yeah. It's, it's a <laughs> cross-dresser. <laughs> oh. I wait
2: mean, a minute. I, we can't judge a book by its cover, <laughs> can we? <laughs> no. Nah, and hence... The disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
0: expressed opinion. Uh, Yeah, I don't think there's anything Mikey can't fix or can't figure out how to fix. He's kind of a magician, and, you know, he does some cool things around here. How did you end up over here at JFW?
3: Well, I originally worked here in 1987. Yeah, 87 or 88. Yeah, Mike. Well, I was going to diesel school, and then... After I graduated diesel school, I went to Nevada, did some gold mining work, and then ended up back here again for a short stint. Then I went to uh, Western Distributing for 13 years. Wow. And then Dave called me one day and (laughs) said he needed some help. (laughs)
2: I I called him, like, for five years, not not just one day. This was a work in progress, man. He was like, Mike, how do you fix this? Mike, how do you do this? Mike, how do you do that? I think he got tired of phone mechanic and was like, it's just easier if I come do it. Uh, That's funny.
4: Well, I got to say, I love your stories about the gold mine in Nevada. Those are some pretty cool stories about that place.
0: I mean, you basically have had two two jobs in three decades. Just about.
1: Awesome. Yeah, hopefully we're, well... We're his last place, his last job. <laughs> we got to get him to stick around a little longer.
0: Huh. I don't see him going anywhere. What's uh, what's some of the biggest changes you've seen in JFW in the shop?
3: Um, Just the number of trucks. Mm-hmm. When I first started here, there was 16 trucks. Wow. Um, and then we've just grown exponentially since. Right. So, so logistics of getting things done, getting things repaired with what we have people-wise and shop-wise is the biggest change for me.
0: Awesome. How do you feel about your uh, the crews you got right now? You got your day crew and your night crew. How, how do you think these crews compared to some of the crews of the past?
3: Um, The crews get along yeah. and that's, that's the biggest part. I mean, right. nuts and bolts are easy, uh-huh. but getting people to work together and help each other is the hardest part, Right. and these guys do it really well. Awesome.
2: Man, we talk about that every day, don't we, just in general, about working together and being your best, and excellence, and I mean, it's clear not only for the drivers, the shop, the office, the staff, right. everyone. I mean, that is the end goal is to everybody get along. I mean, we all have to prosper and be a team. Yeah, and
0: it, it kind of something me and Mikey talked about because we had a little uh, meeting, Super Dave, myself, and Mikey had a meeting with uh, Washbay last night. And, you know, I would say it holds true for the mechanics as well. We we preach our culture so much, and, you know, everything is just so driver-focused all the time. You know, I would say the night mechanics don't get as much as that as the daytime drivers do and then I would say the wash bay even gets less than that. They're in their own they're they're in their own division and they're in their own division, you know, and yeah. it's just like we gotta figure out a way. You know, it's something I was thinking about on the way in this morning. Like, how do we touch the wash bay? You know, how do we touch the night
2: mechanics more than we're doing now? Yeah, it's like they're under the same roof in another building. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I was yeah, just gonna right? say that, Dave, they have their own house. Yeah. You know, over yeah. there and yeah. and we don't go
1: we don't yeah. invite ourselves into their house very often to yeah. to talk to them. You know, we just get busy
0: and oh, that's watch bay. they're doing their thing, and you know, yeah,
3: because yeah, it's usually raining in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going in when it's raining, right? Or take some, your glasses off well, go there.
1: yeah, or it's foggy. <laughs> it's foggy. I
0: don't know that high pressure sprayer scares me away. Like, coming around the corner, it's like, am I going to get in their face or what? So, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> a little little bit on that subject, Jim, and you know we. We at least see the night mechanics and, you know, we say hi to Rich and, you know, I've said hi to Josh and stuff. And it is difficult to touch them. And a story from my my daughter, you know, and I've said several times she's a labor and delivery nurse. They have a supervisor there that's been there six months and the supervisor is over the night and the day shift. Mm -hmm. In six months, the supervisor has not one time came in and seen the night nurses. Only the day. So nobody's ever met her. And Danielle was saying how disappointing that is and has even dropped hints to the manager about, hey, you know, we'd all like to see you. You know, we have people asking questions, that kind of thing. And uh, I-, I just want to mention that I hope the, the, the night mechanics and the wash bay don't feel that way, Jam, because that, that's disappointing to myself. You're right. We've got to find a way to, to touch them.
0: You got any ideas of what we could do, Mike? What you like to see from JFW to embrace the night mechanics and, and the shop in general and the wash bay? Anything come to mind that we could do?
3: Um, not really. Um, things that I do to help them out is we have, try to have like a, what we call a family dinner once a month. Oh, nice. Um, the guys, we actually take the profits from our, our aluminum <laughs> right. and turn it into dinner. Huh, um, cool. So at least they get together, sit down, they all eat.
0: Wash bay included in that?
3: Wash bay <clears> is <throat> included in that. Okay. And you
4: mean when the driver wrecks a fender and you have to cut it off and put a new one on? You get to keep the aluminum and sell it, huh?
3: Yep, and we trade it in, and that's where the night guys get their dinner money. For go cool. drivers, huh? Go <laughs> drivers, <yeah. laughs> I was just going to say, Dave, no, no, don't hit nothing. They, they don't need any more dinners. Yeah. <laughs> Once a month is plenty. I'm just teasing. Just teasing. I mean, and the biggest part, too, is when yeah. they do come to work, they're 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 on the gun. Um, they're trying to get things done, you know, that's – they they got to get to it and get started and right. not really socialize a lot or the more they socialize, the longer they're here. So right, it's it's kind of a rough road to travel.
0: Yeah, I get that. What do you think about the automatics? Do you think they've been worth switching over to? Because I know before we got them, it was, you know, we don't want the clutch maintenance. We don't, you know, want the drivetrain problems from shock loading drivetrains and stuff like that.
3: Um, I think it's been beneficial as far as uh, rear ends go mm-hmm. um, we've had a lot of ups and downs with the transmission with some faults and learning curves in the tranny mm-hmm. um, they're having some engineering problems with the tranny mm-hmm. but we're working with uh, Eaton to make that a little better um, we're running some test transmissions for them and, and some diagnosing equipment for them so I think in the long run I think they're going to be better for us
2: okay <coughs> I was going to ask i got to so. jump in there, Jim. I'm sorry to interrupt you, man. <laughs> Mike, in your 15 years here at JFW, have you ever replaced a clutch that was worn out?
3: No. Hmm. <laughs> it's usually abuse. It's... <laughs> uh, we're,
1: okay, so that's expressed opinion. We're start, try, try, trying to stay positive, but the, the truth hurts.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, facts are facts. That, that was the reason I asked the question, you know what I mean? And that's... that's The attribute to the automatic transmissions is we take the clutch out of the driver's hands. Right. And I mean, yeah, there's just a lot to that training curve on how to use a clutch. And, you know, as a driver, I don't think you will ever see the whole aspect of how it needs to be utilized uh, until you have to change one and put it in yourself. (laughs) And you see it and you smell it and you taste it and you touch it and you're like, wow, this is what tears it up. Right? And, and, you know, those are, that was two things made us move to the transmissions. Mm-hmm. And that was the weight, number one, was huge, huge factor. And the other 50% of that decision was pure no more clutch issues. Right. And we've had some clutch failures with the automatic transmissions that actually has nothing to do with the disc. It's the motors that, that are driving and engaging the disc, right, Mike? I mean, um, the, the, that's the smelly, melted plastic smell, right?
3: Yeah, it's still clutch actuated, it's still a clutch failure. Um, the, the clutches are, I haven't, I've only got to see two of the clutches that came out, and they're more of a throwout bearing problem, which is where the clutch releases itself over time. Um, but I think Eaton's changing some stuff in the clutch too, so I think in the long run. Which a lot of that too, we've learned that's the
2: purpose of when you're going to sit for a long time at the pit, put it in neutral. So the clutch isn't just pushed in. If if you were driving and you had to leave your foot in on the clutch for 20 minutes while you're sitting in the pit, right. you wouldn't do that. Right. You know what I mean? You would kick it into neutral and let the clutch out. Well, it's super easy when you go into the pit and you're just sitting there with your foot on the brake. That whole time, the clutch is pushed in. Right. And the realization of that, we need to get that information out. That's where we're failing, you know, providing people with information. They can only get better with information. So that's the stuff we have to share and get out there
0: if this sounds confusing to you we're talking about automatics and clutches they're actually automated manuals right so it's a manual transmission that's automated so you're not doing the clutch but it still has one and to your point the first time we had a truck come in i'm like oh what happened the clutch went out i'm like that's not supposed to happen (laughs) (laughs) that's automatic right (laughs) you know what i mean so interesting mikey what uh what's your daily mission here
3: Just to get everything ready for the next day. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Uh, Getting parts, finding parts, making sure the guys have everything they need. Um, That's pretty much my biggest mission every day is just to make sure that no matter how we do it and to get it done. um, We've even had trucks at dealerships that I've bought parts from other dealerships to take to a dealership to get a truck running. <laughs>
0: I was on one of those roads. <laughs> <laughs> you but, know,
3: it's that's my mission is to make sure everything goes out every day.
0: What's your biggest headache?
3: Parts. Yeah. Parts yeah. right now is just amazing what we can't get, what we can't get a hold of. Mm. Um, I spend lots of my day just trying to find parts.
0: Huh. That's too bad. Well, I want to tell a little story uh, just from driver perspective to the perspective I have now of Mikey in the shop and things that happen. But when I was driving back in 14 or 15, I drove 0030 and I thought I was a badass. I thought I was a good driver and I probably was. But uh, <laughs> what a badass or a good driver. Yes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was making a turn. It was kind of uphill and. You know, I just remember hearing the tire spin a little bit and then boom, something blew up and it turned out to be the rear end. And uh, Mikey came out and, you know, Mikey has a persona about him, you know, and <laughs> he's just matter of fact and said, well, you, you shock loaded the drivetrain and you blew the rear end. And I'm like, no, I didn't. You know what I mean? I was really defensive about it because I felt like I was just driving the truck and I don't know why that happened. You know what I mean? Hindsight, learning more about things and what shock load is and how to prevent that, he was spot on. It took me years to to realize that. I was mad for a long time. I'd probably complained to Super Dave like, hey man, that Mikey guy's blaming me for this rear end and <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. I was just driving the truck. You know what I mean? Which is partly true, but you know, it might have been slippery. There could have been sand. I might—I I can't remember exactly why it happened, but he was spot on. But I think we run into that a lot where something happens to a truck, Mikey calls it how it is, and it's it's perceived the wrong way. You know, like Mikey's a bad guy. But getting to know Mikey, not in, in that position or that situation, and just knowing where his heart's at. You know, Mikey, can, can you explain a little bit to us, you know, your relationship with the drivers and just... Getting back to, like, the story that I just told you.
3: I don't know. Most of the time, my focus is on the truck. Right. What happened to it? Why it happened to it? How we're going to get it fixed for tomorrow? Right. So, I'm pretty focused on just that. I guess I put a lot more into the truck than I do the people. Because if the truck's not running, the people aren't making any money. We're not making any money. So... My emphasis is always geared more towards the truck.
0: Yeah, I've heard you say it on the radio before. You know, there'll be a problem, and you'll tell the driver, you know, we'll go get another load and bring it in. Like, you're, you're smart that way. Like, well, you're near a pit or in the pit. We'll get you back here, but let's do it efficiently in a way that it makes sense. And I'm always impressed by that because I'm just like, oh, that, that guy needs to bring it in now. By the way, when I did break down, Mikey showed up in the service truck, and I don't know how far it was, but he told told me a long ways. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> With the service truck, I was loaded to get the load dumped off. In that case, I was like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> so I like to
4: think Mikey's like the farmer's insurance commercial. He's singing. He's seen a thing or two,
1: <laughs> right, right? Yeah, and when you when you talk about his daily mission. You know, when he's just here doing parts and and trying to get things out the other day, that's a great description, Mikey. When you're there, how focused and what your mission is, is to get that truck fixed, up and going, definitely for us to make money, the driver to make money. But sometimes it's in the way. Sometimes it's in the road. You know, sometimes it's a dangerous situation. You know, you've helped turn trailers back over and and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I I commend you for your drive when you show up because you're ultra focused on what really the mission is you're not you know over drinking coffee and going hey what should we do next (laughs) (laughs) you know it's getting done so thanks mike
0: yeah even recently with uh paco's trailer me and scooby showed up on scene and the 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 tow truck drivers showed up on scene everyone scratching their head and the tow truck driver just like let's call mikey see what he wants to do (laughs) and I mean the axles are out of this thing and my focus is to get the driver back here and get the insurance stuff started and yeah next thing I know they're like oh yeah they pulled the axles under it got the load off and away we go like I'm like
1: wow that's crazy yeah that's that's my first thought jam you know we we've seen the video and got to see it out the the inside facing camera when the car hit it and that it knocked the axles out or you know I presume that the way that the trailer tailed off you know and as we're all getting prepared to go out there, I just went and got Mikey and go, Mikey, man, we're going to need you out there. The the axles, I don't think are underneath the trailer, and he he's that go-to guy. Where just send him out and he takes care of it because because I know that you know it's a full it's such a trust factor of yeah let's send Mikey because <laughs> it's, it's bad. <laughs> uh,
2: I I've got so many stories on being on scenes with Mikey that they're not good scenes, right? We're we're in a predicament. Bad things have happened. Our fault or not our fault. And I've had some of the funnest times with him. I mean, it's, it's a pleasure to go out and do those jobs with him. Right. And it just, you know, a lot of people don't get to see that side. And I do, even though it's such a, a crappy scenario or situation. So, yeah, I just... You, you mentioned the word, gem, the like the night guys and the mechanics. They're magicians. Our guys show up. They just have to use a pen and paper, write down a problem, say the problem... And they come in the next day and it's fixed. Right. I mean, for the most part, no. don't get me wrong, we run into the things that may take 30 days to repair, but I mean, yeah, they're magicians, what they do and what they're capable of. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of people just don't realize that. Yeah. And it, we should be thankful for that.
1: Yeah. It's like poof. Yeah. It's, right. It's, it's yeah. fixed. Yeah. Yeah. And funny stories, Dave, that, I mean, the one, like you said, we have a lot, but. The one letting Marty's trailer down, Mikey. <laughs> we were out there, and, and you guys can ask ask Marty about it and everything else. And uh, you know, Mikey kind of decided we should just let the brakes off the truck and you know let it roll forward. And, and he looked at me and he goes, "But I'm not doing it." <laughs> and I kind of got stuck uh, letting the, the trailer down. So yeah, good, good stuff. Thanks, Mike. Man, great stuff. I,
0: I can tell you a story about a not-so-fun ride with Mikey. It was fun for him. He was laughing a lot, but we had to go test uh, one of the single drives out with the bulker behind it loaded, and the idea was to make it fail. <laughs> I, I feel like you turned the truck off while I was driving it at one point. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Some, I can't really remember, but I'm like, you're going to do what? <laughs> Shut the truck off, but we're driving. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, what would you like to see out of the drivers?
3: My biggest thing is pre-trips, post-trips. That just saves all of us time and energy. The biggest thing is, yeah, I want you to write it up. Bottom line, if you have any time you have a question or not sure or whatever, write it up. I mean, that just covers everybody. Some of the things that I'd like to see better is I get a lot of write-ups of, oh, I'm going out of town and I have this great big huge list of what I want repaired <laughs> the night before you're going out of town. And that just tells me you didn't look at your truck prior to going out of town. You or, got nervous because you're going out of town.
0: Or they didn't want it to be down while
3: they're in town. Right. Right. So, uh-huh. you know, you, you do your due diligence every day. You should be able to go anywhere, anytime.
0: What can the drivers expect from you and the shop?
3: That we'll do the best, and as a group, we'll do the best we can get to your truck ready to go in the morning. Okay. Um, I think our, our people do a good job of, I don't think there's many guys that can't go out in the morning after writing something up. I don't think we have a lot of that. Service calls, we don't really do that many for the number of trucks we have, hmm. and that's both the drivers doing their part and the shop doing their part. Yes. Yeah. Can,
4: can they expect you to be huggy and kissy? Nope.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wanted to back up a little bit to, to, you know, you guys, since this is a podcast, obviously can't see it, mm-hmm. but, you know, I've mentioned it before, uh, Jams gives us an outlay that, so we kind of know where we're at and what we can talk about. and And question seven there, uh, what would you like to see out of the drivers? I, I want to back up because, you know, Jams in that position, Super Dave, uh, Scooby, Pat, you know, we kind of play the devil's advocate between, you know, the drivers, the shop, the wash bay, dispatch, we hear all the different things. And the same thing goes with Mike. When he, when he asked you guys, just a little bit of a tip, when he asked you guys, Hey, is the, is the tire flopping? You know, is there, is the cap off of it or is the tire flopping or something like that? And you go, yeah, it doesn't have any air in it. It's flat. Mm Mm-hmm. You know that that's not the question you know to help him out he's very precise and usually one of the mechanics is very precise on asking you what is wrong you know um you know hey are you are you in the middle of traffic no i'm just over in the left lane
3: <laughs>
1: well is that in the middle of traffic or in, you're in the left lane turn lane, or you, you know what i mean you guys i'm just trying to give an example so when you do break down and he is being not all huggy and kissy with you. It's for a reason to get you up and going and also to ask you for a precise description of what's going on so that he can get you fixed. And And that is his ultimate goal, you guys. That's, I just wanna, wanna throw that out there. You mean if I'm driving and I hear a noise, I should stop and check it? Mm-hmm. Or just call in and tell everybody I hear a noise? I, I would just call in and say, I hear a noise. Don't stop. <laughs> That's not good. Okay. <laughs> just check it.
3: Yeah, and, and back to that is when I am asking you direct questions, it's, it's so I can narrow it down. Hmm. Yeah. That's the biggest part. Then I can send the right parts, have the right components to get you fixed as fast as I can.
1: Yeah, there's a reason for it, Mikey, and right. it's, it's to get you up and going.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You'd have to, <clears throat> if you have questions about this, you'd actually have to spend a day, in the shop or with Mikey and feel these calls and understand like some guys will call in, you know, think they're doing a great job by calling in and they do. And their answer is write it up. And they're like, no, I wanted something to happen right now. Or, you know, the other guys are the opposite. You know, they don't want to stop, you know what I mean? Or they do want to stop. They do want to bring it in or it's just so many different things. I, I don't know. It's hard to keep up
1: with. Yeah. A little quick shoot, shout out to uh, Fernanda this morning is you know she said i don't know whether i turned too sharp or not but i think the electrical cord got pulled out of the the pigtail in the in the trailer there and she was immediately can i send some pictures to the shop what's that email and that's also a good way to communicate with us because mike or chris or or ricky Mm -hmm. will ask you know because they're usually dealing with the day guys and she immediately sent some pictures and you know try to make them good pictures not really close a little far away so we can see the whole situation and and I know she sent some pictures over and Mike was like, yep, we'll get somebody coming up to you to get that fixed. And and it solved the situation and it was a quick, quick uh, I guess, closure to the situation. So good job, uh, Fernanda, for doing that.
0: One thing I will mention is uh, if you are having mechanical problems, don't call me or Super Dave, you know, because eventually we're going to get you to the shop anyway. If it's a question on how to do something or how something operates, I mean, absolutely call us. But, you know, when we go to the shop with the problem, they always ask, well, why didn't they just call us? You know, so those are the guys that are actually going to have the good answers for you.
3: And then on that, that point is use your company radio as much as you can um, to call us in the shop on the shop line. Um, somebody usually has to come out and find us to answer the phone because we're not around it. It's best part of communication is to see the company radio.
0: Okay. And what if what if you tell somebody to bring it in and we'll work on their truck here? What should they do when they get here? Should they call you guys on the radio?
3: No. When you get here, <laughs> get out of your truck, come in, find a mechanic. He'll tell you where he wants you to put it or if he wants you to change trucks or whatever our next plan is. But when you guys just pull up to the fuel pumps and get on the radio whoever on in the shop might have to get out of a trailer out from underneath a truck you know just to come answer the radio that's it, right. not not something that the mechanics have on them so get out of your truck come in ask what they where they like it what they want you to do and just help them out
0: awesome you guys have any other questions for mikey no no
3: thank, thanks mike yeah. for all your dedication for what you do man good.
1: appreciate you being here absolutely thank you mike yeah good to have you on here
0: moving on to the safety topics of the week first thing we have on here is overhead lines who wants to take that
1: yeah it's it's (laughs) kind of tough you guys we you know we're doing this podcast weekly and you know we might get to to tuesday night and jam sending this outline out and we're like oh what happened for the week you know or what do we got to talk about or what's a safety issue and man we can always seem to look back over the last week and come up with something and you know, just Monday, we had one of the trucks get into a overhead power lines, and uh, I kind of said to everybody, you know, when's the last time we've talked that, talked about that? You know, we, we're not having our safety meetings. We're trying to do this. You know, when when's the last time we've bambooed that out or anything like that? And uh, I did uh, hear from JR that a couple weeks ago, he did say something over the radio about, you know, getting out, three-point stance, looking up, all that kind of stuff. And and man, here we are, you guys, we, we made a mistake and we got into some power lines. Uh, you know, fortunately in the past when it's been in the power line, um, you know, the worst case scenario is we've burned a truck down to the ground, um, couldn't get it out of the power lines and the transformer wouldn't pop and it heated the tires up, lit them on fire and literally burnt the truck to the ground and we all watched it. And, you know, believe it or not, from my circumstances, it was, it was my day off and and the truck that hit the power lines was close to my house and Dave called me and I, I ran down there and I, I don't know, had to be a good hour probably by that time. And when I showed up, you guys, you could still see the electricity dancing on the ground. You could visually see the, the little blue lights dancing on the ground. Wow. And uh, you know, something to throw out there too is because the tires lit on fire, the driver panicked and he jumped out of the truck to the ground and the fire department the ambulance i mean we had we had all the all the peeps there and he was basically lucky that he lived Uh, so the the biggest tip out of this is i want everybody to look up but the last part of that is look up and live so if you don't look up and you do get in a power line stay the heck in that truck you have to stay in that truck the minute you make the mistake of holding on to that handle and grounding yourself to the ground, the electricity goes right to you. And you you are the new ground of that new voltage. And the amount of voltage that was going through that one truck would have killed him instantly. The only thing that we could come up with is that he literally jumped, so he never touched the the truck and the electricity didn't have a chance to, to grab him. And, you know, again, the reason he jumped is his truck was on fire, but that was less dangerous than the electricity. So I guess I really want to push that point about stay the heck in your trucks. If this ever happens and we have stories and stories about this. I mean, we had, I had one guy call me and he goes, he's on the company radio. He's panicked. He's like, Jim, Jimmy said, I don't know what's going on. My tires are blowing out. My front one just blew out. I got one on the trailer that just blew out. He's like, Oh my God, the emblem just blew off my hood. And I said, look up at your trailer. Is it in a power line? Oh my God, it's in a power line. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. I'm going to jump out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. And the amount of electricity that was going through the truck, it was finding a ground through each tire and it was blowing the tires out. And the reason the emblem on the hood blew off the Peterbilt emblem blew off the hood is because when the front tire blew such a percussion that it blew that emblem right off the hood. So, you know, there's there's just two stories I can think about. So the, the watching your trailer, looking up above you, and then I've made the mistake myself, is I've been backed in some place and lifted the trailer up, you know, looked at the trailer, thought it was all safe, and then tried to pull forward and get away from the pile. And I missed the line above my hood or above my cab that I didn't look at. And I couldn't get out of the situation. I couldn't let my trailer down. So, I mean, lots of lots of pointers. You just you have to look up and you have to assess that situation. I uh, you know I've been talking here a lot, Dave. You got anything to add or I mean, Super Dave? <clears throat> yeah, no. These are just experiences that we've watched.
2: I mean, they've happened. We've been there. You know, the the call on the radio with the guy with his tires blown out and the emblem blown off of the hood. You know, experience that. When you're standing there watching your truck melt to the ground because they can't turn the power off, and and you're literally just watching the truck melt. It's melting to the ground. The fire department can't put any water on it because guess what? They would then be connected to the electricity via the stream of water. So they would be killed through the event. So the, everyone is just standing there watching the truck burn to the ground and nobody could do anything about it. And uh, yeah, these are experiences that... You go through you know, the, the experience, what, what Jim mentioned. You know, He cleared one power okay. line, dumped the load, and pulled forward, but couldn't let the trailer down because it would have torn down the other power line that, that the trailer would have hooked coming down. You know, luckily, that's a scenario where we were able to move the material from behind the trailer, simply back up, had to pull the mud flaps up, you know, and have someone hold them, back the trailer up, then let the trailer down. You know, so that was no harm, no foul, but it shouldn't have happened. You know, so I mean, that happened to be no harm, no foul situation, but still a situation. But that was a scenario like Mikey mentioned with Veronica. We stopped, knew there was a problem, didn't cause any damage, figured out what to do and and resurrected the situation. So, yeah, just there's so much to what we do. It's, it's never ending. We can talk all day, tell stories. You know, I, I when I mentioned going on these horrific scenes with Mike, you know, at a trailer that's been turned over, or an accident we've had, or, you know, driver fell asleep, or had an accident in the snow and ice and is out in a field. And, I mean, you name it, the stories are endless. We haven't seen it all, haven't done it all, that's for sure. Because we're wowed every day, yep. you know, there's that's, always a new scenario. That's the reason
0: for this podcast is to share our experiences and talk right. about these mm. things. Uh, the most recent case with the power lines, did, did they get the power secure? Is that how they fixed that situation? They got the power turned off
2: and... They, they did, you know. Luckily, it was a smaller power line. It was on a private area, you know, the line we're talking about where the truck burnt to the ground. It was a major transformer right. going from one side of a highway to another. And, uh, you know, you just don't run to a breaker panel and shut the power <laughs> off on that. That was a right. city grid that we shut down that day. 140,000 volts, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, it was towns that they had to shut the power off to. So, this case, you know, they were able to actually go inside of a building kill the main switch, shut the power off, you know, get all untangled from the line. And literally people were, were standing on ladders lifting the line up off of the truck, you know, and with with brooms and stuff in their hands at the tops of the ladders wow. so the truck could get free from the line after it had torn it down. So, yeah. And, you know, then we had to call and pay privately for that to be all repaired by Sturgeon Electric and get the facility back up and going. And right. I mean, these... These are just such costly accidents and incidents that that are all 100% avoidable.
1: Yeah, David, and, and I want to give a shout-out to Sturgeon for showing up. You know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get charged an emergency call, but oh boy. they got there and got on it. And then I want to give a shout-out to Arapahoe Roofing. They came over last night. Yesterday afternoon, did they and, really? And dried it in for us. Wow, you so got Scott, a connection at Arapahoe? Yeah, I do have a connection there. <laughs> oh, Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, like we all talk. Sometimes it's who you know to get things done. Right. Um, but I just, as you're talking, Dave, and you think of all these stories, you know, that and we talk about rules and and the JFW way. You know, that's a lot of times too. When you ask, we ask you guys, when you get dumped, don't drive away with your trailer up in the air. Sit right there and let your trailer down. Pay attention to what you're doing. Keep looking out that back window. And and that's how I caught it because I let my trailer down. I was waiting for it to come all the way down. I'm looking out the back window watching it, and then I see that power line. And I'm like, you know, oh, my gosh. You know, like you said, stop. But, you know, I'm sure Dave, all the years he's driven, Super Dave, you can (laughs) – I mean, you've probably had so many situations with the rock trailer and, the you know, home deliveries. Yeah, Yeah, I
4: mean – taking a couple of power lines out
2: <laughs>
4: something good it's to always know, a surprise when you do too. yeah you're
2: like that shoot that power jumps yeah you know it we, does. we had Jim and I were on a job site it was our own job site on a leach field we were installing for a customer and I we backed four day, or five yeah. loads in and dumped them and the next load was parallel to a power line and our driver was like Hey, I'm, I'm near that power line. Jim and I were like, you'll be fine. You're not going to touch that power line. And He was like five feet away in the air. Yeah. And that arc was just like, brrr, and jumped right over to the trailer. I mean, still that, blew his tire out, didn't it? It, it did. Yeah. It blew a trailer yeah. tire right yeah. out. 100% our fault. I mean, we, we didn't know electricity could jump. Yeah. Who knew it? We thought you had to touch it. Oh, hell, that stuff will jump. It's looking for any way to get to the ground. Mm-hmm. Electricity's sole purpose is to be connected. If it can connect to anything and go to the ground, it does. That's that's its job. I got to throw
4: this out there, too. That big power line, we were working on a bridge project. And uh, so we were hauling road base in all day long. In fact, many days in a row, we had to build that up for weeks. I don't know, 20 feet or more. I, we were just building the road bed up higher and higher and higher. Well, so in the morning when we all were dumping, Everything was fine. Well, you know, you haul 50 or 100 loads in somewhere, you know, you're getting closer to that power line, the ground is going up and up. And this is the kicker. We have two radios in our trucks. We have a company radio, which is a two-way radio, just our company. It's our private frequency. We also have CB radios. The CB are citizen band radios. You talk to other drivers on the road, talk to scale operators at the pit and things of that nature. Well, this driver had both of his radios off, and there was 10 of us on that job site yelling at him, stop, 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 and he, he had everything turned down, and he just kept on going. It was like a
2: nightmare watching yes, it un- unfold. Oh, Dave, I was here at the yard. that I'll never forget that day, and I heard guys calling on the radio yelling, Chuck, stop, Chuck, stop. You know, I mean, you when you hear that tone oh, yeah. in someone's voice, it's panic. You know there is something not right with the situation. And yeah, I mean, you know, those are moments you live in your life. It's like where you were at when the space Mm -hmm. shuttle crashed, where you were at when 9-11 happened. I mean, I know exactly where I was at when we hit that power line. Well, and,
4: and I'll tell you too, there was a lot of heavy equipment moving around on that job site, and everybody had radios. All of the operators in the equipment had radios. So when we pulled off the road onto the site, we had to turn our CBs to that channel the specific site channel so they could direct you know you have a a, a giant two engine scraper blowing by at 40 miles an hour you need to talk to that guy and um in that on top of the two-way radios and it's just so it blows my mind it's so discouraging and, and it lets you down so much to know that that driver just had it turned off because it was bugging him and i know the radios can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes or they can invade, you know, a song on your radio or, or your privacy during the day, but that's safety, that's lives. That that is so important. You have to tune in. You have to shut everything else off. Your stereo off, your put your phone down. I don't know if he was on the phone. I that that I don't know, but you need to tune in and and be aware of what's going on.
1: Yeah, it's the, you know, instead of doing it your way, what you want because it's bugging you. You know, you have to think of everybody else. You have to think the safety. You have to, you have to make us better as a team, Dave. I mean, we can we can get back to every every time something happens that it's a, it's kind of a selfish act. Yeah. You know, and that's that's disappointing. And we all because we all try and care about ourselves, but sometimes it's just a little too much. We've mm-hmm. got to think of other people.
2: No one's perfect, but we can all do better. Yeah.
1: Very true.
3: And then for me, on that whole scenario that everybody just talked about i cannot to this day drive by that power not power <laughs> line too, like, and see the repair that's in it and not think of that day yeah oh yeah, yeah. we yep. go down 120th a lot over because it's kind of my neck
2: of the woods where i live and every time i go down it i look up and i'm like oh my gosh that's that's yeah. the power line because yeah. it's got because it's got a patch in it right yeah. We yeah. all agree. there's a repair. patch yeah. and it's yeah. it's still there
1: it's yeah. still there yeah. hey and by the way just so you guys know that truck that burnt to the ground, the back half burnt to the ground. And uh, the gentleman sitting across from me that we all call Mikey over here, he went to the junkyard, got the back half of another truck, brought it over and said, this is what we're going to do here. We're going to weld this piece onto this piece. And he did. And we ran that truck for another what? Five years at at least. That was the Johnny Cash truck. It was a little bit of this
2: and
4: a little bit of that. <laughs> and when we sold
1: it, we never told a soul. That's right. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I, I would do test drives in that truck, and the, the, the candidate would point at the seam in the frame, and they'd say, what's that? Is that frame cracked? And I'm like, oh, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> it's an electrifying one, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's got
2: that's a funny. buzz about it.
0: I have a note here uh, to talk about our cone that we have out coming into the yard here. Jim, you want to take that
2: one? (laughs) No way. I'm going to leave that one to Dave. Jim, I think you should do it. I I, I get to a certain point and I have to stop preaching because it just pisses me off. And, And apparently I cuss and do all sorts of stuff that doesn't get my point across clear enough.
0: Well, guys, I mean, to put it simply, we have a cone coming into the uh, north entrance, you know, to get to the fuel aisle, to keep you from hitting the sidewalk, basically, right? You have to make a wide turn
1: there. There is a sprinkler head That's, in there during the summer. Yeah, and there, and there's a yeah sprinkler in the lawn, lawn. In the lawn that
2: we've <laughs> had to replace many times, right? Because there's tire tracks in the lawn. You got to let Jam do it. <laughs> <laughs> the passion and the anger.
0: Anyway, I'm gonna I'm I'm make it real simple. Don't run the cone over. If you're running a cone over in our own yard and you're not paying attention to that, what else aren't you paying attention to? That's what I think about. When I see a cone run over in our yard, it's like, wow, you're going to run over our own stuff. You're just going to run over everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right, Jim. You know? it's,
0: it's just disheartening.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep.
0: And if you run the cone over, at least get out and fix it. If you don't get out and fix it, that tells us you didn't even see the cone, and that's scary.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're going to drive over it, at least stop and get out and move it. Right. Right? Yeah. It's a cone. Pick oh, it up. Oh, not, it's not move fastened it. to the ground? <laughs> well, if it is, it would be smashed in there
1: permanently, and we would never be able to move oh. it. Oh. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and it can be fixed because you can just set it back up. Right, Jim?
0: Yeah, I think guys will run stuff over. That's not going to cause damage to the truck. Thinking that's okay. But I remember when I was in truck driving school down in Texas, I was doing the alley backing, and nobody could do this back. And, man, I was nailing it. But I ran a couple cones over to (laughs) do it. (laughs) Got my ass chewed. (laughs) I'm like, I thought I was doing pretty good. Like, the cone didn't hurt the truck. (laughs) So uh, moving on from there, we got Ragsdale listed. Apparently, Ragsdale, that's a new pit that we're hauling out of. I guess it is super, super soft in there. Uh, we've had a couple trucks get stuck in there. Martinez called me yesterday just saying, hey, you know, I got loaded. I could barely get out of there. You know, the loader's even getting stuck with, with bucketfuls. He's got to use the loader bucket to push them out and back. So uh, we had Scooby go up there. He took a tour or looked at the pile with, I don't know if it's a the, the pit boss or.
2: I think it was a foreman
0: up a there, A foreman, yeah. you know, and checked it out. And I don't actually know the resolution, what Scooby came up with,
2: but. I think it's a bit of a work in progress with the pit right. up there. They're, they're working to get down. Yeah. I'm going to use the term road base. They're trying to pack yeah. the roads, Got right? It. I don't know what material they're putting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest suggestion is when you when you pull in that facility, engage your power divider, put the transmission in manual, and definitely after you're loaded, start out in first gear. Do not start out in third gear. Don't let it default to third gear. Put it in manual. First gear... Run with that power divider locked in when you're in that facility. That's going to help distribute the power between all the wheel ends, and hopefully we don't damage anything. Uh, Next big thing on that, I I, I feel stupid whenever I have to mention this stuff, but if you're stuck, no loader can push on any trailer. It doesn't matter whether it's an aluminum or a rock trailer. Do not let a loader push on you. We have tow hooks in the front. You need to be pulled out. Don't push on any trailer we own. It's not
1: good. and we also you need to make sure you have your tow hooks with you we kind of mentioned this in the past and and for some reason i don't know the last time we did a count or we looked or mikey checked it out we were missing like seven of them i don't know what's I happening don't, to them don't but know where they're going yeah we don't know where they're going um yeah so yeah check your truck out be, be prepared yep.
0: good advice that's exactly what i was gonna say jim make sure you got a tow hook And then uh, I think this is my last note for safety topics. Uh, I just wrote left lane. Sounds like we're running the left lane on Highway 85 a lot, and we're doing it there. Where else might we be doing that? Everywhere? Everywhere. I Actually, uh, fielded a complaint call the other day. Pickup truck called in and said, hey, you guys have two trucks running side-by-side going northbound on Highway 85, and nobody could pass them. So I'm like, okay, let me check that out because that's not what we teach our guys to do. You know, if you want to get out and pass pass, and when you're done, get back over. So pull up a camera on one of the trucks and sure enough, him and another JFW truck. They're just running side by side and the truck in the left lane's falling back and speeding up and it's kind of looked like a little bit of a drag race going on. So
1: So it was a bandomere, right? You caught it on the camera. Was <laughs> The bandomere is where they were at?
0: Yeah. It was uh, highway eighty five and we'll just say, I don't know, hundred twentieth, somewhere around there. So anyway, I called the driver up in the left lane. I'm like, hey, you know, we had a a calling on you, and the guy was complaining that you were in the left lane and nobody could pass, and he laughed. He said, Jam, I was in the left lane because dispatch was trying to get a hold of the driver in the right lane, and he must not have had his radio on. So I was trying to get his attention, you know, and as soon as I got his attention, I fell back and I moved over. You know, so I, valid thank you. Yeah. I mean, really the guy should have had his radio on and that could have been avoided. The interesting thing was, is the driver in the left lane would only get up to 65 miles an hour. So he couldn't really catch up to the other guy. You know what I mean? It's not like he was speeding. So he was in the left lane, like doing the speed limit, but that irked somebody enough to call in, Yeah. you know? And I explained it to, to the caller and been like, look, and he was like, yeah, but you know, okay, but you know, so it's not a good look for us.
2: That's our perception in the public, right, Jam? I exactly. mean here's two trucks, same color, same company, you know, same information, and they, they're driving next to each other on the highway. Right. And I guess my, my question to that, and I, I know the scenario and I know that driver that was in the left lane, he's a rock star for us.
0: Absolute rock star. Never yeah. had a call him before. Absolutely. Just, yeah. Yeah.
2: So so but the driver in the right lane, you know, obviously company radio wasn't on, obviously C B wasn't on, right. Obviously not answering his phone. Right, Right? or her phone or whatever the scenario is. And I mean, you know, we just told the story of the driver that just took out all the power lines and we watched his truck and trailer burn and melt to the ground because he didn't have his radio and stuff on. And these are the experiences. That's the purpose of the podcast. This is what we talk about. How do we share that information? And you're back to doing your job. You know, our job is simple as long as you do it. The, The people here that are rock stars... They look at you and go this is an easy job it's not that difficult and it is <laughs> right. right but some people still struggle with it so it, it's the simple things and yeah yeah that that left lane that is not a look we can have honestly i mean if if you're going to be in that left lane i hope it's just merely to pass a slow vehicle or someone you know that that is holding things up you get past and you get back in that right lane we, we just that highway 85 corridor i mean if, if i'm not mistaken last year when it started to get busy, uh, I think it was, was it the Adams County or, or uh, uh, Brighton yeah, that Brighton. started giving tickets oh, yeah. for trucks being in the left lane. Yep. I mean, there is, we don't belong in that left lane, you know, so for the new people or, or anybody that's, you know, doesn't remember last season, the minute we start to get busy and that Highway 85 corridor becomes, you know, loaded down with gravel trucks and there's just going to be more. More and more pits are becoming further and further away, which is going to require more and more trucks, right? To get down that corridor, everybody's going to want to be in that left lane. Just do it right. When you do it right, you do it in the right lane, not the left lane. So yeah. think about that. If you're, if you're passing someone and you wind up getting stopped because a light turns red and you're, you're in your truck next to the guy in the right lane in his truck, do the right thing, man. Let that guy leave and just pull in behind him. Yeah. Why, that second or, or 30 seconds or whatever you think you're going to save, you are going to look so bad by doing that. Exactly. It's ridiculous. It just really is. And it's it's hard to do the right thing. And it's even harder to do the right thing when no one's looking. But the problem is people are looking. People are watching. Yeah. You are in a giant, red, shiny billboard. You almost have a little bell above you going, ding, 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 ding. Look at me. Look at me. You know, and... That's how you need to perceive yourself, rather than just looking out over that five foot of red hood that you see,
1: that's yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think about it too, Dave. I mean, you guys, hopefully I'll ask the question right, is what, what do you call the right side of your truck? Blind side. Blind side, right, Jim? So if you're in the left lane, and you need to change lanes, and you need to make a maneuver, or you need to do something, or you need to get off, you're always looking on your blind side. That's the farthest, that's across the cab, that's in the mirror, that's clear down your trailer. If you're in the right-hand lane, you're looking in that mirror with all the traffic closest to you to make a lane change or have to do something. So all of that's there for a reason. You know, it all has names and different stuff like that. It's It's the safest place, the safest lane to do things in. Absolutely. I was
0: always taught to protect your blind side. You know, set yourself up, put yourself in a position where your blind side's protected. You don't have to worry about it as much as your your side side.
2: Yeah. Every one of our lane change accidents this last year in 21, we're all right side, blind right side.
1: side. Yep. Yeah, blind side. So why are you protecting it? Because everything happens on the right side because it's hard to see, right, yeah. Ken?
0: Yeah, and Highway 85, I mean, it's such a shit show. Oh, you know, man. You, you get on there, first of all, well, I, I hate Highway 85, I just see a lot of death on highway 85 not to be all mortal but it's just you know a lot of things happen on that highway and when all the big trucks get out there i mean it's literally a rat race like okay well that that rock tub looks old i could pass him and that truck thinks he knows i'm a jfw truck i have a 500 horsepower pack car he knows he's got six (laughs) he's gonna try to pass me and it's just a rat race and a shit show and then you know it's literally like a race to the next light and then the slow truck gets caught in the left lane you know he was actually slow but he had some momentum going so he could pass <laughs> the five trucks on the right well then you don't get back over in time and now you're in the left lane and really those five trucks you passed have more power than you and now you're stuck in the left lane and not one of them are going to let you over yep now you're in the left you want to be in the left lane now you're in the left lane exactly. good luck buddy
2: so and generally if you slow yeah. down through that whole corridor you generally make the lights right it's
0: different mentality it is yeah Yeah. i'm a guy you know coming out of morton if i have a chance i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go down 52 to (laughs) i-25 i don't i don't even want to deal with highway 85 i just hate it so much so all right moving on uh questions from the audience leroy powell jr had an excellent question are we trying to grow the bulker division or keep it where it's at
2: well, Leroy, that's a two-part question. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some opportunities coming this year to grow the Balker division. Our hang-up with that is equipment supplies. We don't know if we'll be capable of garnering the equipment, whether it's available to us or not, at least the equipment we need or want. Right. And two-part to that are our personnel, right? I mean, this is... You guys see it's a it's a struggle to come up with good, qualified drivers and to retain them. You know, that was part of our, our million-dollar push at the beginning of the year where we invested a million dollars into our employees to help retain them and part of our PTO package and our health insurance and our 401K. And we're doing everything in our power with our culture. And, you know, our people, we want the people that work here to love working here. And... We need to get everyone to be on board with that, that this just isn't a a job. So, Leroy, yes, we have the opportunity to grow the bulker Vision. We would love to, but two things are, are holding it up. Just the equipment supplies because it's so hard to get trucks and trailers and people. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, I have to mention about the people, Leroy, is you guys are all doing a good job and stuff like that. But there's more mistakes to be made in the bulker side than I consider in the gravel side. You know, you you dump some sand in the rock or rock in the sand and you might have to buy a load of rock or you may have to waste it and that's a that's a pretty cheap investment there uh you know we do talk about cleaning the trailers out and getting salt in in a a batch of concrete there and messing it up so that is important but on the bulker side leroy we just had a mistake made by one of the one of the your teammates that hooked the fly ash hose to the cement silo and we're not even done with that yet, the, all the costs, but uh, Signature Stone sent over the first bill and they lost a whole day's production Why we emptied the silo out, because you know we got fly ash in the cement and just for production that we owe them at this point is $27,000. They missed eight hours of production, they couldn't make any blocks. So along with that $27,000 bill, we have The load of cement that we don't have the price on, we have the half a load of fly ash. We lost two rock trailers working all day unloading uh, the plant at Signature Stone, and you know the this is you know you you think it's just a few guys you few guys bulking, but your job is so much more detrimental to the customer if you're not paying attention. So. Like Dave says, you know, good personnel is hard to come by and you guys are doing a good job. But, you know, if we have a lot of people making mistakes, it's, it's a difficult division to grow. And it also could be a costly division to grow. So wanna want to throw that out there. And then one of my questions, I love these questions from the audience. And so hopefully you guys can throw some answers at us here as well is how do we get some more guys to listen to these podcasts, the, the the people that are listening, I say guys, but the gals, the guys, you know, our, our teammates, as you guys listen, if you have some feedback on how we could change the content, let us know, you know, more guests, more information, stuff like that, we need some more listeners, if if this stuff is going to, you know, continue to help us.
0: Great answer, and a great question, love it. Super Dave, you want to hit us with a high road hauler?
1: yeah,
4: absolutely. this This week is is about the actual focus of our podcast and uh, our safety meetings when we have those. It's about learning. Uh, what is a growth mindset? and why is it important? Never stop learning. Value failure. Focus on process, not on outcome. Focus on questions, not answers. Be true to yourself and play to your strengths. Treat others as learning partners. Utilize the power of believing that you can improve. A growth growth mindset is the belief that intelligence can be developed. People with a growth mindset understand that they can get smarter through hard work and the use of effective, effective thought processes. This is sometimes called rookie smarts. If a student gets a poor grade on an exam, they have a fixed mindset. They automatically assume, I am stupid at this. That results in decreased effort and lessened engagement and performance. On the other hand, if the person believes his or her intelligence can grow, they think, hmm, I haven't got this yet. I need to work harder or try a new approach. They increase their effort, engagement, and performance. If you take two people, one with a know-it-all, been there, done that mentality, and the other with a, "I can learn this attitude, The person with the learn-it-all mindset will ultimately run circles around the know-it-all every time. The brain is not an inanimate, inanimate object. It is constantly thinking, observing, learning, and thus changing. We have all heard the old saying, use it or lose it. Well, that applies to our brains and our capacity for knowledge. The hardest part of creating and maintaining a growth mindset is constantly telling yourself that you can do it. You must identify those obstacles in your way and think your way around them. You must have a never-stop learning attitude. day the learn-it-all person says, I'm done, they become a know-it-all, and, this, and the growth stops. To maintain a growth mindset, you can't consider yourself an expert because the minute you do, the learning stops. You must learn from the past, but keep looking forward. Once you have achieved a measure of success, the tendency to rinse, lather, and repeat lends to complacency and stagnation. If you keep your eyes focused on your rearview mirror, you're going to crash. You must learn from the past, but keep focused on what's ahead and measure yourself moving forward. Don't be afraid to experiment. Without experimentation and mistakes, there can be no true learning. Don't be afraid of failure. The key is to never stop learning and improving. Let's all be learn-it-alls and not know-it-alls. And the quote this week is uh, from a very famous athlete. Let's see if you can recognize it. Um, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life and that is why I succeed. Who said that?
1: That's the easy one.
4: <laughs> Michael Jordan. You got it. But good good thoughts there.
2: Good words.
1: Yeah. Good one, Dave. Yeah. Awesome. I love them.
2: You know what I relate that Michael Jordan quote to? Driving an end up. Everything we talked about here, you Dave. You betcha, Absolutely. Man. I mean, do you know how many accidents we've had? Do you know how many lane change issues we've had? All of those scenarios. I mean, I don't like to talk about them because I feel like it's bad luck, but we're aware of those things and if we can get people to listen and adhere to what we've learned and learn from from our mistakes so that they don't make the same mistakes we are better we're better as a team we're better as a group we're better as a company and just better together so it's it's important tonight i think that's kind of my final thoughts to jump in and go straight forward to final thoughts
0: great love it jim you got some final thoughts
1: oh jam i got a whole page here man <laughs> i just um you know, when we, when we talk about safety topics, like I mentioned, we try to summarize our week and I was, I was like, I was trying to look at something to, to summarize my week. And I hope I don't stay up here on the soapbox too long. But so here's my, here's my, uh, my final thoughts here. They come the person who never listens, the person who can never seem to get it right. The person who has been driving you absolutely crazy you're at your wit's end. They might be a coworker, a boss, an employee, a fellow volunteer, a spouse, or even a child, or a stepchild. You know, so does that sound familiar to you guys? You know, that person that's just driving you crazy, can't get it right, you know, they they never listen, right? So it sounds familiar. You've tried everything, but nothing seems to work. You've tried reasoning, which is talking, You've tried incentivizing, let's look at JFW, incentivizing safety bonus and weekly bumps. You've tried pushing, you've tried bribing, begging, and even helping. You've been gentle, you've been firm, and one time you went all-out authoritarian, borderline nasty. There's Dave preaching, right? He got nasty, some cussing going on because we're We're trying to change things. We're trying to make it better. You know, you've even tried magic words. Nothing, and I mean nothing, seems to work. I've recently read bits and pieces of Angela Lee Duckworth's instant smash bestseller, Grit. So, did you guys catch that? Grit. The power of passion and perseverance. She makes the very convincing case that the determining factor of success in life isn't talent, but grit. Again, I mentioned that. Did you guys hear that? Grit. That got me wondering, is that the true for relationships and business as well? Is grit more important than the equivalent of talent in relationships and business? What we call chemistry, connection, friendship, or even love. I'm here to tell you that in my experiences I think the answer is absolutely yes. Relationships in business certainly have their ups and downs. Feelings of love and friendship come and go, so do feelings of hate. One thing a relationship or a business can't survive, however, is both sides giving up. When grit fails, so does the relationship, so does the business. But when grit remains, I've tried everything. You know, when you're dealing with that person and you're frustrated and you're saying, I have tried everything, it becomes, let's try again. Grit becomes, let's try again. In a way, grit is love. In my mind, after reading this, we all need a little bit more grit in our lives. Not talent, but grit. And if we stay gritty together, we can find a way of being better in our business and in our relationships. So if grit is love, I will continue to have grit for all of you. Thanks, guys. Uh, that's
0: awesome. I can't follow that up with anything. Soup, you got any <laughs> final thoughts?
4: Uh, yeah, just uh, back to the pot or to the uh, high road hauler. Just let's all keep learning. Keep our minds open for anything new that we can use
3: uh, for our advantage.
0: Mikey, you got any final thoughts?
3: The only real final thought I have for everybody is stay consistent throughout the day and keep the rubber to the ground.
0: I love it. All right, guys, appreciate everybody being here. Thank you.
3: Thanks, everybody. Thank you.